Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Uh, Dylan Howe there singing uh, Nina Simone's I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel To Be Free. Dylan has an album coming out on May the 6th called Does It Make You Happy? Uh, he's also going to be playing shows in Cocklands in Cork on the May, 4th of May, Whelan's in Dublin on the 6th of May and Munro's Tavern in Galway on the 7th of May. He's also going to be appearing at the Ballady Hub Jazz Festival. Thanks, Dylan. We'll be hearing from him uh, later on. It is, as I said, time for uh, Movies and Booze. We are joined by Dean McGuinness, Jean Smullen, Megan Scully and Serena Bellissimo. Uh, but before we find out all the things they're going to be talking about. Cash Machine. Your chance to win this. We this cash machine. 20,932 euro and 67 cent. Text play to 575 will cost you 30 cent. 18 or over. 3 Five rings, say the number. That's it. Right. Uh, Serena, what movies are we going to be talking about? Um, we're going to be talking about a really strange Judd Apatow movie called The Bubble. And we'll be looking at... Um, Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal's film with Michael Bay, The uh, Ambulance, mad, mad, mad. And then um, The Bad Guys. Okay. Which is really cool. It's a really cool family heist film. I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to see that at the weekend. Oh, you're Uh, actually going to enjoy it. You know how sometimes you go to these things and you're like, okay, put the earpods in and mm. listen to something else while the kid has fun and we can all pretend we're at this together? You'll actually enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely <laughs> sold. Uh, Jean, what wine are we going to be talking okay, about? Okay, well, we're looking at Chile. And I, and I was very lucky. I worked with Wines of Chile for 14 years and I've been to Chile many times. It's the most amazing and beautiful country. They also make fabulous wines and we have a wine from Santa Rita and a wine from Vina Carmen that we're going to be um, tasting today. Okay, and uh, you're going kind of down market. It's posh beers in, in cans. We are going up market, but we're using <laughs> a, a, a type of package that's associated with cheaper beers. Yeah, there's been a big move for beer in premium um, areas to be put into cans. So we're tasting two Belgian beers, one 8.5% Delirium Tremens and a second 8% a red fruit beer Delirium. Somebody milk. actually groaned when you said <laughs> that. I don't know if that was joy or, oh my God, I won't get down the stairs now. So yeah, and d- tasting them in uh, Delirium glasses, which have elephant trunk um, stems, uh, uh, for, because, with good reason. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Dean always comes bearing gifts. You have presents to give away to the... Uh, yeah, we've yeah. got a set of uh, delirium bottles. So delirium red, delirium tremens, delirium nocturnum and uh, delirium argentum. OK, and uh, we've got how many of them? Uh, we've got three sets of four 750 millilitre bottles. OK, so uh, people in the audience have to text in to 53106 with just a good reason why you should get them. That's it. Uh, and Maurice over there will decide with a will of iron uh, as to who gets them uh, and who doesn't. And uh, uh, Megan, uh, tell us about the Bridgerton spin-off. Yes, so if you're a fan of Bridgerton, the period Wasn't drama... The se- sorry to interrupt. Was the second series not as good? Less um, bonking? Yes, the, the second series definitely was a little bit more safer for... Um, for I, I watched the first one kind of going, oh, wasn't expecting this from a period drama. Very raunchy. Second one lacks that. So uh, if, if that's what you liked about the first one, you'll be disappointed by the second one. But the spin-off is going to focus on uh, Queen Charlotte. Um, she's a really great character and it's going to look back at her young life and um, uh, Violet Bridgerton and Lady Danbury are also going to see their young life as well. So I think it's going to be a nice little way to look at it. But I think it's going to be hard to beat season one. Yeah. Okay, but the fact that it's a spin-off means that they're, you know, people are watching this thing in numbers. It's hugely popular and um, we'll be mentioning someone linked to the Kardashians later. Now, I know um, they're not very influential people in some ways, but also they do have a lot of hold when it comes to social media and they all were sharing Bridgerton and I know that Nicola Coughlin, our very own Irish Nicola Coughlin, was um, having a Twitter exchange with Kim Kardashian at the time. So it's definitely worldwide. People are watching this in every corner of the world. And That's it's mad, huge. isn't it? Okay, Jean, tell us about the first one. Okay, right, our first wine, and you should all have one in front of you. This is the Vina Santa Rita 2021 Medalla Real Reserva. Now, um, everybody knows the Santa Rita 120. It's the biggest selling wine brand on the Irish market. And literally, the, 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 the great fright everybody wants is the Sauvignon Blanc. That, you know, walks off the shelves. But this is the next level up, and this is their Medalla Real. And um, it's kind of more premium. Now, price-wise, it's 15 euro. You'll get it in Duns and Tesco. And what, I mean, the name actually, Medalla Real, means royal medal in Spanish. And it harks back to um, the guy who found 
founded uh, Santa Rita, who also established the first money house or one of the first banks in Chile. And um, the brand logo, the, the Royal Medal is because, you know, when, when Spain was ruling Chile back in the way, way back distant park, past, um, he was given this Royal Medal and so the Santa Rita people actually use it now as a, a kind of a, a marketing tool for want of anything else. But um, this is from Chardonnay grown from a place called Lamari Valley. Now, um, this valley has only been in existence for 30 years and my first trip to Chile was in 2002 and this is way up in the north, just south of the Atacama Desert and it's very close, it's a very close proximity to the Pacific Ocean, it's only about 30 kilometres away from it and when I was there in 2002 they were only starting to plant this now it's become one of the key kind of cool climate regions and basically because it's so close to the um, ocean and you have the Humboldt current coming off the ocean which brings down the ambient temperatures in in the vineyard. Cool climate grapes such as Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc grow beautifully well here. So what we have here is a Chardonnay, um, call them a Dali Real, and it's what they've done is that it's not an over-oaked Chardonnay. And a lot of Chardonnays in the past used to be very heavily oaked. These, they're not anymore. People don't like the style, so nobody wants to drink it. So what they're doing now is they're fermenting about 30% of it in uh, wood and then the rest of it's in stainless steel. So you get, if you smell it, you'll get the touch of vanilla and spice and that vanilla and spice aroma that's your wood flavor coming through but it's a lovely fresh sharp chardonnay and one of the characteristics of the chardonnay grape is tropical fruit you know kind of melons and you're getting lots of lovely ripe tropical fruit but you're also getting that freshness there's more acidity in that that you would expect from a chardonnay and that's a lot to do with where the vines are grown as i say in lamari way up north, up north of Aconcagua. Uh, and oh, absolutely love it. And it, I think that punches at 15 euro way above its weight. It's a very well-made Chardonnay. And um, if for something different, I, I, I think it's absolutely super. And 15 euro and Duns and uh, Tesco. Okay, uh, well done, Jean. Uh, people are already texting in looking for the, uh, the beer sets, Dean. Someone <laughs> says, I came with my parents and will need more drink after this. <laughs> That's going to be an awkward conversation <laughs> on the way home, uh, I would have thought. Uh, uh, also, um, Kerry, brace yourself. Get ready to do a, a Dervil O'Rourke. Right. Uh, Fiona Edwards-Murphy says on her Twitter account she's a PhD. Where is she? There she is. How are you? Oh, God. Who's that sitting beside you? Because uh, when you filled out the form, you did say you were bringing your husband, but you, you, you didn't name him. His name is Mike. Okay. Mike. Uh, uh, let Mike, Mike hold the microphone there. There you go, man. <laughs> Uh, and uh, how was your pandemic? Uh, eventful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, tell us about your wedding. What did Mike do? Uh, so a uh, few days before our wedding, uh, just found out we had to cut it down to 25 people. And uh, my makeup artist caught COVID. And Mike managed to cut his finger open with a butter knife. And then was in 24 hours before the wedding getting emergency surgery to reattach the tendon. Oh, God. Yeah. How sharp was the butter knife? <laughs> it was a really sharp butter knife. Yeah. And I was. went and bought makeup while he was uh, in, getting surgery. Okay, well, at least some good came out of this. <laughs> yes. uh, and, and which finger was it? Uh, that it was just, oh, yeah, your first yeah. finger there on, yeah. on the right. And is it working okay now? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> You'll notice Mike hasn't said a word. Did they sever the tendons in his tongue as well? <laughs> Hi. Hi, Oliver. <laughs> She'll kill you for that now on the way home. Uh, given that Mike has such a way with words, obviously a real wit, uh, we're going to give you two tickets to see Alan Partridge in the Three Arena in April. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, right, uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll move on to our first movie of the day. It is The Bubble. Here's a clip. We're almost at the nest. For its mom. And cut. Now that was a great take. 
Well, it was loud anyway. <laughs> Your face yeah. said it all. <laughs> yeah. What did you make of that, Sean? I just thought it was loud. I couldn't really <laughs> see the pictures in here. Uh, what, what, what makes... Is it a Michael Bay type thing? It's not. You'd think it is yeah. by, by that trailer. It's actually... Do you know what? I come on here and I complain all the time about Hollywood not being original anymore. One thing I will say about Judd Apatow is he doesn't rest on his laurels. He tries to do original. And with this... You know, all through the pandemic, we heard about how hard um, the arts had it, and they did, but some film sets were allowed to open if they bubbled. Okay. Get right. it? Yeah. Smart, smart uh-huh. title. Right. Yeah, okay. right? So this is about a cast who the film is a bit like, do you remember Sharknado when it took off only a couple of years ago? That Yeah. Yes. It's that sort of thing, but this is called Cliff Beasts, and they've all been roped in to do a Cliff Beast 6, and it's all about what life is like for them in the bubble. They start off getting really taught. Uh, they start off really happy to be there. Then they feel tortured. Then they can't escape. And then it's also feeling like there's a bit of commentary on what happens in Hollywood, like just the ridiculousness of their demands and stuff. So it's Judd Apatow doing Judd Apatow. But what was really interesting is this is his first um, Netflix project. And he actually said he approached this differently. So he sees this as a two-hour-long Simpson episode. Right. It's okay. Not. It's not. No, okay. Um, he also said, so he, he figured the way people watch uh, movies in cinemas is very different to the way they watch it at home. So he thought, I'm going to leave in some of the jokes that may not work at a cinema because people at home may, you know, press pause, um, go do something and come back and watch the film. I wish I'd watch the film like that because it goes for two hours and ten minutes and it's just that little bit too long. If this was a 90-minute film, this would be really good and really funny because you see insights, as I said, into Hollywood that you don't see in other films. And it was like it's smart, it's clever. He has his usual go-to, his wife and daughter in this as well, Leslie Mann and Iris Apatow. In fairness, so like if if my family could act and I was a great director, I'd be giving them work as well. You may may as well keep the money within the family. Um, David Duchovny's in this too. Mm-hmm. I love seeing him do comedy. So there's some comedy and there's some raunchiness in it too. Not not a la Bridgerton. Uh, but, you know. but the thing, like, what does it tell you about movie stars? Is it the shock revelation that might be pampered brats? Yeah, like, like you see... Slappy if you insult them, that kind of yeah, thing. Like, oh, my God, who knew? I, I don't think he was going down that route of, yeah. you know, here's a message, but you do see some of that ridiculousness that they do. But basically it's just a take on the pandemic and just a different take. I thought sitting down to this, do I really want to sit down after the two years we've gone through and watch something that is related to the pandemic, but this is quite smart. It's about a part of the pandemic we didn't know about, the film sets and how they worked during the bubble. Yeah. And it's a bit of a ridiculous story. It goes for a bit too long at, as I said, two hours and ten minutes, but maybe watch it as he advised. I did fall asleep in parts, which I'm renowned renowned for doing, right? Yes, she is. But the great thing was, Sean, Mm. Brian Brian would go to me, are you asleep? No. So what was that snore? Okay, I fell asleep. So, but what we do is... Did Ryan like the film? More to the point. He probably watched it all the way through. He did, but we rewound it for the bits I fell asleep in. So that's a great thing about watching it at home. Which is as he designed. Exactly. (laughs) He knew you were going to fall asleep through parts of the film. Exactly. So it worked. It worked. So (laughs) Brian enjoyed it. He did agree with me, though. It was a bit too long. So maybe don't watch this all in one sitting. Maybe go do something, come back to it, and you may enjoy it a little bit. That's not a glowing review. No, it's not. But it's okay. Like, it's funny. I laughed. How many times? A few, a few. There were a few laugh, laugh out loud moments. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, do you know what I'm going to give it an extra star for? The fact that it's original. Like, I don't want to okay. see any more superheroes on my screen. And, All right. And it's uh, laughing at those types of movies as well. Like, as I said, mm. the Sharknado, Sharknado type films. And then the ending is a bit quirky as well. I won't spoil it, for, spoil it for you. Okay. But you can pause, go and do a bit of hoovering, come back. Have a bit of a sleep. You haven't missed anything. You haven't missed yeah. a thing. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a five-star review <laughs> I've heard one. Uh, right, you are listening to the Moncrief Show and News Talk. We have to take a break back in a couple of minutes. Movies and booze on Moncrief.
53106 is our text number. That will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. That was Christiana Underwood again uh, singing When You're Good to Mama from uh, the show Chicago. We are still in the midst of uh, movies and booze and Serena and Dean and Megan and Jean are... I don't know, that rhymes nicely, doesn't it? <laughs> are, are, are still with us. Uh, also with us is uh, Tracy O'Toole, originally from Dublin but living in Cork uh, since 1997, here with her husband Garrett. Where's Tracy? There she is, right at the back. God, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. she's getting a good run in today, Kerry is, right there you go. Uh, how was, you had, uh, you had a pretty rough pandemic then. We certainly did. Yeah, tell us about it. Um, well, we missed my daughter's graduation because we all had COVID, so we stayed at home with hot toddies and paracetamol and watched it on YouTube. Mm. <laughs> and did you lose anyone? My poor dad died last March during COVID. yeah. And were you, able, were you able to go and see him? Did he have no, to stand? No, I saw him twice. I saw him once in two months in hospital. God. That was very sad. Yeah. And he loved the show. Mm. He and I used to bond over it. We would talk on Friday evenings about what you'd said during the day in movies and booze. And your dad, but your dad was interviewed by Henry. He was certainly interviewed by Henry about yeah. the, how the youth w- didn't have enough discipline. <laughs> <laughs> and he had three rowdy grandchildren, one of which is sitting beside me now at the time. And um, he thought he was talking to Henry, just a man with a microphone in Henry Street in Dublin. And Henry was asking about the youth that today my father starts spouting off. And then he said... Are you Henry McKean? And he said, I am. My dad said, I'm too embarrassed to talk to you anymore. And when he went into the pub that night, they'd had the programme playing in the pub that day and um, they all recognised his voice. So he was delighted. It's his 15 minutes of fame. Ah, right. Did he speak at length on the subject? It sounds like he did. Do you know what? Four children and three grandchildren, he probably did. That's true, yeah. And you need to get out of the house to get a word in edgeways as well. Anyway, I'm... Uh, um, it's been a tough two years for you, obviously, as it has been for many people around the country, but it's nice to, to see you out. Garrett has a massive big smile on his face there. He's delighted. He yes, was he has a drink in front of him. <laughs> what we're going to give you, we're going to give you two nights at the Castle Knock Hotel in Dublin. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, enjoy that. Uh, enjoy that. Uh, right, OK, uh, we'll move on to our second wine of the day. Jean, tell us about it. This is OK, we're, we're still in Chile, and this is our red wine. Um, this is the 2020 Carmen Frida Kahlo Merlot. Um, normally it's €15, Euro, but it's actually currently on promotion in Tesco at €10. Euro. And this is, this is a bit of a throwback for me. Um, Merlot, um, Chilean Merlot was the sort of the, the drink that got everybody into red wine back in the noughties, back in the, ni- sorry, the 1990s when I first started working in the wine trade. And Chilean Merlot was probably the biggest selling, one of the biggest selling red wines on the Irish market. And now you, you, you can't see, you'd never get a Merlot for love nor money. So you just don't see it. It just fell off the, uh, the, the shelf, literally. Nobody was interested in drinking Merlot anymore. So this is why it's actually lovely to come back and taste it again. And one thing that Chile do, they do Merlot very, very well. Um, this one, Frida Kahlo, she was a, a, a famous Mexican sort of surrealist artist and she was um, I actually there was a film made about her in 2002 and I actually was um, Thelma Hayek was in it and it said it was on Netflix and I went look I, I can't figure out how Netflix works so I you know, googled I put the thing in search Frida Kahlo and couldn't find anything so I was going to watch the film before so I might know something about Frida mm. Kahlo I think you have to pay the money before oh, they no, actually no, let no, you no, I, oh, I oh do you <laughs> alright <laughs> no 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 I actually do pay the sum but anyway I, I just can't figure out how the bloody thing works but anyway she was an icon, and so anyway, this, this wine is named in her honour. But, I mean, the thing about Merlot, Merlot's an early ripening grape. Like, the, the, the Cabernet Sauvignon is the most tannic red grape you're going to get because it ripens late, so it has loads of tannin. But Merlot's an early ripener, and so it tends to have all these lovely soft tannins and plum fruit, like gorgeous kind of red summer plum fruit. Very little tannin, which that's why people, when they start drinking red wine, go to Merlot first, um, and it, it's just, when you taste it again, you've got all that lovely plum fruit and all that tannin. And tannin is like that drying feeling you get around your teeth when you've got a very tannic uh, red wine. There's tea and tannin has tea as well. It's like drinking a cold cup of tea, you know, and you get that sort of dryness in your mouth. This is very little tannin. Lovely and soft. Tons and tons of fruit. Now, at a tenner in Tesco, literally, Zappa, what do you think? 
Yeah, lovely red wine. And again, Easter coming up, great with the leg of lamb or anything, you know, any sort of meat. Lovely wine and uh, the Frida Kahlo Carmen and um, 15 euro normally and it's pretty widely available. How can they even sell a wine for a tenner nowadays? A lot, they all go on promotion for cycles, you know what I mean? Because so right. people only buy, I've spent an awful lot of my life standing in supermarkets and the one thing is, is it on offer? <laughs> I, yeah. that, I, you know, you can tell everybody till the cows come home about how good the wine is, it, and then they look at you and say, "Is it on offer?" And if you say no, they walk away. <laughs> so that's the reality of selling wine. <laughs> that's the kind of gourmet gene deals with every day of the week. Uh, right, so uh, the, uh, the, uh, there's going to be a prequel to the movie It. Is that, is that right, Megan? Yeah, now I know there's some It lovers out there and I know I have friends who anytime It has come in cinema they have queued up for tickets or they've bought the tickets. I personally am petrified of, of It and every time I see an ad I feel like I just I shudder at it but obviously it is an absolute classic. So the prequel is in development with HBO Max at the moment and it's called Welcome to Derry and it'll actually begin in the 1960s so it's going to take a step back and... Um, it's going to lead up to the events that you saw in part one, it part one, which was the 2017 movie, and of course based on the Stephen King horror. And the story is going to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. So you're kind of getting, a, I guess, a look back into how it all began. Now, I think putting a clown like it back into the 60s, it, that just screams horror movie from, from the highest heights. And I'm, I know that I'll, if I do watch it, it'll be with uh, my hands over my eyes and I might even have to do what Serena does and, and sleep through most of it because <laughs> it absolutely petrifies. Like, give me a documentary about serial killer based on true story and I will, will love that sitting engrossed in it. Give me something with a clown and horror and Halloween time and I just, I'll be having nightmares for months. Are you scared of clowns? Do you know what? I... Used to like, you know, I didn't mind clowns, but I feel like because of it now, I have this thing about clowns. So anytime I see a clown, be it a happy one or not, I just, I get, I, I shudder because I just feel like, you know, clowns now just scream horror movies and they're always like the most, the music that they add to them as well, that you know what's coming and yeah, no. And then I, I'm the kind of person that I have to turn a light on before I walk into a room. I have to try, close my eyes and reach my hand in because I hate walking into a dark room because I'm afraid that something like it is going to be in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Clowns are weird, though. <laughs> like, and like they think they're funny, and they're not. That's the first thing. All this pretending they're in a box, mother of God. Yeah, and I know. I, I just, as I said, for me now, it's clowns. Um, but I, as I do have friends who are diehard it fans, and they cannot wait for this. And I think a lot of people already are talking about Welcome to Derry. Like I've seen some YouTube fans, and you know they've got, got their own YouTubes dedicated to all horror movies. And I, I watched a few of them all right. And you know, as I said there is a following out there. So while there's a following, there's going to be more. Yeah. So when you turn on the light before you go into a room, is it specifically a clown you're scared of seeing or is it anything else? <laughs> anything at all. I'm, I see a shadow and I think there's some, something in my room, so I'm very bad. I always have to have a dimly lit light. And I live in a city centre in Limerick and I don't close my curtains because I let the street lights light up my room for me. So it's, I'm, I'm never in darkness. <laughs> Do you live by yourself? No, I've housemates. <laughs> and none of them thought, I know, we'll get a cloud. Going <laughs> I just hope they're at work right now and not listening because I'm in trouble when I get home. Call the Ninos. <laughs> uh, Joy in the audience also wins to win uh, the beer gift pack. Uh, she says, one of the ha once had the craziest night of my life drinking delirium tremens when a student in Belgium 30 years ago. Now I'm a boring middle-aged woman in Wexford. <laughs> oh, God. Not that boring, given... If only could you remember what happened that night in Belgium. <laughs> she has a sense of it. Right, we'll uh, move on to our second movie of the day. It is The Bad Guys. Here's a clip. Wolf? What are you doing? What? Yeah! yeah. Oh, that! Uh, I'm sorry, I thought it was uh, obvious. We're gonna go good! Uh, you totally lost me. I told him to stop drinking out of the toilet. Hey, did you get hit on the head? What? No, I didn't get My cousin got hit on the head with an anchor, and after that, he only swam in the circle. No, no, guys, 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 you're not following me. The bad guys become the good guys, so we can stay the bad guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> bad guys acting good? It's the ultimate bad guy thing. It's fantastic. Wolf, you're a genius. There you go. Uh, that's, uh, actually, the good thing about the trailer, it gives you the premise of the film without having to explain it. Exactly. It's so. Have you heard of the books? No, no, there's books. It's based on books by a fellow Melbourneian who um, came up with the idea, and I think it's tw uh, 16 books later, 
It's become a hit and now I have no doubt this is the first of many films we're going to see. So while it's original now, will it still be original when we see the bad guy is 17? I don't know. But it is a lot of fun. Basically, as you said, it, it does what it says on the tin. There's these bad guys who are a tarantula, a snake, a wolf, a piranha and a shark. And they're this... This gang who decide to take on a heist that nobody else has done, but everyone's tried, but no one's succeeded. So when they get caught, the mayor of the town says, okay, do you know what? Everyone should be able to get a second go. And so they're given a second chance. Will they remain good? Will they not remain good? And it's really great. Who thought you'd be talking about a kid's film that has been inspired by Tarantino and Ocean's Eleven? Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. it's nowhere as bloody or as gory or as messy as Pulp Fiction, but it's just a lot of fun. I saw this at a cinema um, with my kids. The whole family went. It was a full cinema. And the guy behind me, I think I was laughing more. I need to see it again because I was laughing more at him. He was so engrossed and laughing at every joke going. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Is he there by himself? I was too scared to turn around and have a look. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping he was surrounded by others. But um, it's, do you know what it is? It's also the way it's animated. It's, it looks like it's 2D, but then they throw in some 3D as well. LA looks fabulous on screen. There's, it's very fast-paced, very energetic. It's funny. Like Sam Rockwell, voice the wolf. Um, Craig Robinson's a voice in there. Aquafina is the tarantula. Like she's hilarious as the tarantula. Um, the only, actually with all the films today, the only problem I have about it, I think this one ran for about an hour and 50. This should have been 90 minutes. Like mm. it was just, especially when oh, it's especially kids. Especially a kids film. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand when they make kids films that go for, even Disney who, you know, makes some great stuff. You just go, at 90 minutes, the kids have checked out. Yeah, there's so, Foreman after. after. Yeah. yeah. But I asked the little ones. I, uh, there's a six-year-old and a ten-year-old, and I asked them what they thought of it, and they both loved it. They both had a laugh. They both enjoyed it. So this is one that if you are going with the kids, you're going to enjoy as well. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's that's me sorted for the weekend. So, right. Okay, you are listening to the Moncrief Show and News Talk. We do have to take a break after that uh, uh, beer, and we're going to be giving away our beer gift packs. Movies and booze on Moncrief. Five three one zero six is our text number that will cost you thirty cents. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk, coming to you today from the Republic of Work in Cork City. Ab and uh, Serena and Dean and Jean and Megan are uh, are still with us now. Ab Dean has some beer kits to give away. And uh, we did ask uh, members of the audience to text in to give a compelling reason why we should give them one. So uh, the first winner, for pretty self-explanatory reasons, I would have thought, uh, neglected to put their name on the text. Uh, But they say, beer needed. I haven't slept a full night since Christmas due to a two-year-old waking four times a night. Beer needed. (laughs) Who was that? That was you. There you go. Okay, hands went up there. Terry, could, oh, I would have a microphone. So we, we'll never know your name, mysterious lady, but you look well on having had no uh, sleep whatsoever. Uh, the, uh, now, uh, the uh, second person is Fergus, uh, but Fergus has nominated his friend Trassa. He says, Trassa needs the beer to heal after breaking her leg skiing to wean herself off the morphine and ketamine drip. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, she is there, yeah, sitting down, obviously. And uh, uh, the last winner we thought we'd give it to uh, is Irene. And Irene says, I worked all through lockdown as a vaccinator and I could do with an ask a glass of wine, but beer will do. Where is Irene? <laughs> Irene's obviously not here. So uh, there you go. That was just a, a spoof text. Uh, somebody's <laughs> rushing out now, holding a phone to the ear, saying, uh, are you Irene? Uh, we, better, uh, we better move on. Is that uh, Caroline O'Connor here? Caroline O'Connor. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Caroline O'Connor, uh, uh, do you want to run over there with a, with a microphone to talk to Caroline? No, she's got a, a, a beer bottle in her hand. Yes, run over to Caroline. Where is she? There she is there. Caroline's there looking very nonplussed. How are you, Caroline? Hello. Are you well? I'm good, thank you. How was, how was, your, how was your pandemic? Uh, yeah, um, I'm glad it's over. Uh, okay. Uh, that was a detailed answer. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, that was good. Uh, the, uh, you have four kids. That's right, yeah. Uh, how, what, what, are you, what are you looking at age-wise? Uh, six, 
9, 13 next week and 15. Right, okay. Yeah, it's tough. It was yeah. tough. So like at the sixth end, they're just kind of mammy, gimme stuff. And that was at, fine. Uh, and sixth at the other end, end no it's problem. I hate you, I didn't ask yes. to be born. Yes. Kind of <laughs> so exactly. you're a lot Worst of, mother yeah, ever. You get the, yeah, yeah. You're getting the feelings there. Yeah. And, did, and, and did you actually start a business during the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, no, about a year and a half maybe before the pandemic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I was working from home anyway. But okay, then, well then, so was it, a, was it like a, you know, were you selling, you know? intermectin or anything like that that would be kind of good for the pandemic no I'm a dietitian I help uh, people feed their kids Uh, so yeah it kind of translated into an online space which was fine I just hadn't like factored in the other five people uh, living in my house (laughs) at the same time right okay Uh, and uh, but you had to with four kids you had to do a lot of homeschooling had to do a lot of homeschooling didn't do a lot of homeschooling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless horrible histories and the news kind of counted yeah. for a couple of subjects. Did you, did you have to do that feckin' seesaw thing? Aladdin. Aladdin is the one. Yes, yeah. that was our Your, one. Yours yeah. is Aladdin, Serena. I keep getting told off because the kids keep coming home going, you didn't check Aladdin. Yeah. You didn't tell yeah. me I need to do this, this and this. I'm just like, how can we keep up? Like, it's just, it's too much. Oh, no, it is too much. And it's great, though, because there's co- communication from the school and stuff. But too much. Yeah, can't keep too up. much. But it's not like upload a you know thirty second video of your child reading this book really quickly, uh, and like they haven't even opened that book by the time the thirty seconds is over. <laughs> but you're still looking at you going, "Wow, <laughs> finger up the nose." Anyway, this is going to cause a row in your house. This is why, Caroline, because we're going to give you two tickets to see Billie Eilish oh. in the Three Arena in June. Thank you. So you can either give them to the 15-year-old or no just torture her with them that you're not going to give them to her. It's a boy. So it's a boy. Yeah, All right, it's, okay. They're boys, yeah. Yeah, but he could, like, you know, get a date there. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I could be his date. Yeah. 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 Maybe He'd you don't that. want him to get a date just yet. Uh, <laughs> you've enough on your plate, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Caroline, very uh, much. whoever gets them, uh, enjoy that. Right, Dean, uh, tell us about the first beer. Okay, so the first beer, Delirium Tremens, 8.5% ABV, strong Belgian golden ale. So brewed with uh, pale malts, and there's a lot of them in there because they need to build up the sugars to allow for the development of the 8.5% ABV. Um, That translates into lots of pastry flavours, like an almond slice, and then there's uh, a certain amount of spice from the uh, Belgian ale yeast fermentation, so you get a kind of a a clove, allspice, black pepper type uh, flavour. And then uh, a bit of fruitiness as well, uh, apple, kiwi, um, those types of fruits, a little bit of green grape as well. It's a, a very, very easy beer to drink. And, yeah, uh, too easy. That's yeah, the um, for an 8.5% beer, it's about <laughs> twice the, the strength of a, a normal beer. And people who have been to Brussels, a lot of people have been to the, the Delirium Cafe. It's uh, um, the pub in the world with the most uh, beers. They guarantee that they will have at least 2,004 beers. Um, in the pub at any one time. If you go into one section and you do a kind of a book opening um, yeah. to the barman, they'll give you a series of telephone directories to allow you to go through to select... And he's not kidding either. And the, behind yeah. the bar, it's just a series of pipes. It's like a gas works where we're all these... Now, nobody looks through 2,000 beers. It's the first three that they sell. <laughs> Apart from him, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gone through most of them. And, uh, yeah, it's great because they get in, like, small, small quantities of beer from around the world and you get mm. to taste them. Costs you a fortune. Like, you know, we're not educating the children anymore because I've been to the Delirium Cafe. Tonight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but people go in, look at the book and say, do you have any Heineken? <laughs> uh, right, we do have to take a break. Uh, more to talk about after this. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We are coming to you today from the Republic of Work in Cork City. Uh, We did give away two of uh, Dean's uh, uh, beer set uh, prizes, and the third one, Fergus texted in and then decided to disappear, or he's just too embarrassed to get it. So, uh, too late now. Sorry. Uh, so, you, uh, we're going to give it to this person. I need the beer prize, uh, please, for my poor wife, who really wanted to be here but was sick, not COVID, thank feck. Who's that? 
Pass that man down there with the beer. Congratulations, please, sir. Harry, uh, I'll run down to you. And uh, we don't have a microphone, so we'll never know who you are. Uh, right, OK, let's move on to our second uh, beer of the day, oh, Dean. Right, yeah, so second beer. Now, what we're looking at here is, uh, it used to be historically, if you, go, uh, if you went back kind of over 100, uh, 200 years ago, all beer was in kegs and casks. And if you had it in a bottle, it was because it was filled into the bottle from the keg or the cask. Um, over the last uh, number of years, they've kind of developed uh, different ways of packaging the beer. And um, around the 50s, uh, cans became really popular because they're lighter and uh, they're easier to, um, uh, to transport the beer with. So uh, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, because it made it easier to transport the beer at lower cost, they were more associated with lower cost beers. But in the last number of years, what you've had is uh, growth in premium beers and cans. And there's a huge um, uh, issue that you can have from beer that is packaged in uh, green or clear gas, uh, glass. Uh, the ultraviolet light in the sun can react with beer and it can de- develop a flavour called skunky, which is literally Ooh. the flavour that uh, a skunk sprays. So uh, with cans, they're completely enclosed, so you can't uh, develop that because the, uh, the light doesn't get at it. Uh, so what you've got now is loads of craft breweries are putting their beer into cans, and that is even extending into the old world craft breweries. So both the beers today we've been tasting out of cans from uh, Delirium. Now, this is a fruit beer. Uh, it's, again, from Delirium, so um, a bit above average strength, 8%. We've come down a half percent. Um, three red fruits in this, uh, cherry, raspberry, and cranberry. And you get all three red fruits coming through. So the cherry uh, gives you both cherry flavour and a certain amount of almond. So you get a certain amount of Bakewell tart type flavour in it. Mm, you do, yeah. Um, the raspberry, uh, sweet and a little bit of acidity. And then with the cranberry, you've got a kind of a drying astringency into the finish. Uh, no mistaking that it's fruit beer, like loads of fruit. And it's like uh, raspberry jam type flavour, but mm. absolutely beautiful. And as something unusual, scoop of melting Häagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream popped into that. It, uh, it dissolves into the beer and you get an alcoholic cherry milkshake or an alcoholic red fruit. You can milkshake. actually do that. Absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, do you put the beer in first and then the ice cream or the other way around? Beer in first and then soft ice cream in. If you put the ice cream in first, you get what's called a nucleation effect. So basically there's loads of little pits on the ice cream. So the beer foams all over the place. So you need to put in the ice cream second because it'll foam up quite a bit. Okay. But yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. But the foaming up sounds like fun. It is. Well, yeah, you, have to, you have to get your mouth over it and try and suck it into your mouth as quick as possible so that it doesn't foam all over okay, the Okay, uh, so I think the other way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said. Megan, did you like that? I love that. And I actually think I had that. I was in the Delirium Cafe in Brussels a couple of years ago and I, I'm pretty sure I've had that before. Um, really, really nice beer. And that cafe is definitely worth a visit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Don't tell me you were there and a clown attacked you. <laughs> well, I think I was seeing more than clowns after leaving. So it yeah. was. <laughs> uh, speaking of, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be a Fox News contributor. Yes. So Caitlyn Jenner is taking a step into the world of news. Um, for a bit of a background, if if you're unaware of who Caitlyn Jenner is, um, Jenner won the Olympics, uh, the decathlon in 1976 for Team USA. Then went on to star in the reality show Keeping Up With The Kardashians and then in 2015 age 66 revealed um, her identity as a trans woman during an interview with Diane Sawyer um, so was known as Bruce Jenner is now known as Caitlyn Jenner um, Caitlyn Jenner has always been quite outspoken and um, I suppose very upfront about her political views as well so Fox News have decided they want to take Caitlyn on as a contributor and uh, she talks a lot about cancel culture um, she talks a lot about um, obviously sport as well and uh, politics and she did actually run for the um, Californian governor last year um, but obviously didn't wasn't successful so it's an interesting move by Fox News I think taking on one of the Kardashian clan into the world of news and politics but as I said Caitlin's kind of carved her own I guess career now and it, I reckon she'll go again for governor of California down the line um, because it seems politics is the career that she now wants uh, but because it's Fox News we know where she's coming from though exactly yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be yeah it's um, very much so I suppose one sided but um, they, the like CEO of Fox News has said that they think it's great and Caitlin's a, a great person to have um, I think always maybe coming from the Kardashian keep up with Kardashian reality show uh, will people take Caitlin as seriously That'll, that's what I kind of wonder often now as I said Caitlin has started to car- carve out her own career and is trying to kind of almost break away from the reality TV show but then Caitlyn Jenner also does love reality TV so it's kind of like is Caitlyn in this because she wants to 
be in news and politics or is Caitlin this because she just wants to be on the TV? Or she, well, she wants to be taken seriously, but I imagine you're often Fox News viewer when they're polishing their their set of shotguns sitting yeah. and sitting in their in their trailer. Mightn't be big on trans rights, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess this is quite a, an unusual for Caitlin to go down because, as I said, Caitlin has been very open about um, her political stance. And as you did mention there, and I watched an interview on Fox News with Caitlin speaking about the trans swimmer that has been swimming um, as, with the female t- team now. And you know, Caitlin's very outspoken at that, that as well. So it is quite, as you said, it will be quite interesting to see what the Fox News viewers will think of Caitlin. But as I said, I reckon you'll be seeing, Kate, if Caitlin doesn't go for governor, she might take on Kanye West for the presidential role. <laughs> that'd, never be a, know. that'd be a debate you'd want to see uh, right okay let's find out did anyone win any money today right there you go uh, nice to hear somebody else uh, win some money congratulations to them uh, speaking of uh, winning things uh, Connor Gately from Kilworth in Cork are you here Connor are you here Connor no he's not feck him then that's what I say Right, we'll move on to our second movie of the day. Uh, Our third movie of the day, I should say. It is Ambulance. Here's a clip. I gotta get back to my wife and my son. Does your wife know you're up, Banks? We're not the bad guys. We're just the guys trying to get home. We don't get to walk off into the sunset. Danny, everybody knows how dangerous you are. Do you? There you go. Uh, Sounds a bit mad. I just got dizzy watching that screen again. It's Michael Bay doing Michael Bay, but this time he has um, Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Isa Gonzalez and, oh, why can't I remember his name? And another guy in it as well. Another guy. I love him. (laughs) I will find, that's really rude of me. I will find his name in a sec. Yaya Abdul-Mateen is in it, right? Right. Um, it's one day in LA, one brother is trying to go down the straight and narrow, another brother is a real mobster type guy, one brother, Will, needs money for his wife because the American system, when it comes to hospitals, is really bad, the wife has cancer, can't pay for her cancer treatment. So he turns to his brother, who he shouldn't turn to, even after the wife told him not to go anywhere near the brother, and the brother gets him into trouble. They Pregnant. <laughs> That's a plot twist. <laughs> it's Michael Bay. Anything could happen, Sean. But um, they end up doing a bank robbery that uh, Danny promises Will is going to be completely fine. He's got it under control. Do you think he has it under control? Oh no! No, they end up. It's so actually so ridiculous. They end up hijacking an ambulance. And while they're in the ambulance... Hold on, it gets even better. Because while they're in the ambulance, (laughs) there is the officer that was shot during the bank robbery and there is the paramedic working on him. So they need to try... For some reason, they really want to try and keep this officer alive while they're trying to escape during this high-speed chase during LA... At some, this isn't a spoiler, but some at some stages there's there's a real life blood transfusion happening at the back of the ambulance car. There's FaceTiming with other uh, surgeons. It's corny. There's a, at one stage the two lads start doing this duet. They start singing while they're in the front seat of the car. <laughs> it's fast. It's it's Michael Bay. He doesn't like he doesn't let you take a breath. So you're constantly on the edge of your seat going, oh my God, this is too much. You feel dizzy watching it. See it on the smallest screen possible if you're going to see this in the cinema. I would not see this on IMAX because I think you just get dizzy and you come out feeling sick. Um, it goes again, two hours and, was it two hours and 10 minutes or two hours and 15 minutes? It's just far, far too long. There's, there's an audience for this. The audience is not me. Um, but... <laughs> The audience needed, like, they, they deserved a 90-minute movie. They didn't deserve a 130-minute movie. Like, Sorry, I, let's try. Where are they going in the ambulance? Are they just trying to get away, Sean, because they've robbed For, the bank? Right, yeah. But they, are they, do they have a destination in mind? No, this is do the they thing. think, no one will notice us in an ambulance? It's actually... At one step... 
Yeah, I'm going to give it away because it doesn't give it away. At one stage, <laughs> they go to get the, the cars changed and they, play, they paint a fluorescent green. Like, okay. it makes, yeah. it makes yeah. this film makes no sense whatsoever. But Michael Bay doesn't. And if you're up for like an action, there's not as many explosions as Michael Bay generally does, but there's lots and lots and lots of car chases through LA, um, gunshots happening. It's, it's just too much. I don't know what Jake Gyllenhaal's doing in this. I think he may be doing this because I'd say a film like this is really fun to make. But as an audience member, it's not fun to watch. Are they stuck inside the ambulance most of the time? Yes! Oh God, the stink of farts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, so it's just inside an ambulance then it's, all the time. So, so that's sometimes, a bit so, sometimes they leave the ambulance. There's some Ooh. stuff happening. But yeah, unless you're a Michael Bay fan and you really want some action... Go see it. But if you're not, stay well away from this. I actually, I did. I felt dizzy afterwards. Yeah. At the end of it. Oh, my God. The ending is. Well, don't give away. Oh, I wonder what happens. <laughs> it's but, uh... so corny. Like, oh. you just go, what? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I watched, but it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was like, I could have done something. Like, that should have been on Netflix. Because at least if I fell asleep, I could have rewound it. I could have, you know, right. got it. Would you even need to rewound it by the sound? No, you actually don't. So if you need toilet breaks, go whenever you want, because they're just going to be in the car. Is it one of those films, though, if you'd like, you know, if you drank a load of delirium tremens one night, <laughs> you had to spend the night uh, or the, uh, the next day on the couch and your critical facilities are through the floor anyway, <laughs> that you might actually quite enjoy and hate yourself for it. You, you, yeah, you might, but you also might be running scared because there's just too much coming at you yeah, at the same the time. Would be yeah, too much. I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this one if you have been to the Delirium Cafe. Yeah, okay. Uh, you may have noticed the lovely glasses uh, that your uh, that your beer was in uh, with the kind of elephant trunk thing. And here's the problem: Dean doesn't want the glasses back. <laughs> So you're going to have to drink all your beer there. Come on. <laughs> Hooch it up. All right. Uh, I will give this a go. Is Paul Murphy in the audience? There he is. There's Paul Murphy there. Kerry is going to sneak him up behind you. If you look just to your left there, Paul, that's a microphone. Hello. Hello. Uh, are you here by yourself today, Paul? Yes, I am. And uh, how was your pandemic? It was... Um, it was good. Um... And bad. Um, bit of a mixed bag. Okay. In what ways was it good? Got to watch, watch loads of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Some people might say that's bad because that's the <laughs> way, you know. And what way was it bad? Uh, not being able to meet people, not being able to move around. That, yeah. was, that was tricky. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, do you do anything for a living? I'm a furniture maker. Really? How lovely. What kind of furniture do you make? Um, bespoke tables, chairs, bowls, lamps, mm. and bench space. Yeah, so presumably you were able to keep working then all the way through, were you? Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, and you, you, you obviously you have a work uh, a workshop someplace. Yeah, bench space down the marina. Right, and so Port. like, and say if you're making a table, how big a table would you make? You can tailor to whatever size you want. Okay, what's the biggest one you've ever made? Oh, maybe six foot. Right, okay. And how much would that knock you back? Uh, Ex you know, including a discount because you're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give a chip for 900. That's Jesus. That, because it'd be a lot of work that I go into that, I assume. Yeah, uh, native hardwoods and uh, sustainably sourced timber. Yeah, Okay. And, like, more, you know, mortise and tenon joints and all that kind of... You're not, like, cheating, putting screws in it or any of that stuff. <laughs> no, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. And have you been doing that for long? Uh, a couple of years. Right, okay. What did you do before that? Uh, mainly woodwork all the time. Right, okay. Like, on... Uh, were you making things before, or were you kind of... You were a, yeah, a chip always making stuff, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's... Uh, that sounds... So is your house, then, full of stuff that you've made yourself? Uh, or do you bits and pieces. Ikea and you don't want to show anybody <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit like the shoemaker shoes you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, anyway um, we want to give you a, 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 I, I don't know if you, you would enjoy this or not and you might give it to somebody that you know 
but we're going to give you two nights at the Hard Rock Hotel in Dublin. That's fantastic. Thanks a million. Uh, I don't know if there is actually any Hard Rock there or not, but sure, uh, you, you can find out when you get there. Uh, Megan, um, there's a Game of Thrones prequel. When's that coming out? Yeah, a lot of prequel sequels coming out. House of the Dragon is coming out on August 21st on HBO. So again, it's kind of like what we were talking about a while ago. It's going two centuries before Game of Thrones. So it's a lot of the usual characters in there. Step back in time. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you're going to love this one as well. Right. And uh, any... Uh any kind of clues as to whether it's got jokes and lots of gratuitous nudity and killing? It has the usual, uh, no clowns though, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Were I there mean... clowns in Game of Thrones? I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you go look, look hard enough, you'll find them. But um, it's your typical Game of Thrones. It's a lot of the, as I said, the name, main characters. So it is, I think sometimes something like Game of Thrones that was so popular, it is kind of difficult to bring out another sequel or prequel. But um, as I said, there's fans out there that want to see it. Maybe there's been a big enough gap between the two of them that they'll enjoy it. Um, I have to say, I only started watching Game of Thrones when I got COVID. So that's what I did for my COVID break. I did you, and, but did you think that like the last series particularly was utter crap? Yeah, I, I was. Game kind of, of I was kind of, well, I see, because I was so far behind and everyone else on Game of Thrones, I'd known all about the final series. So by the time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. I felt like by the time I started watching Game of Thrones, which was only a few months ago, um, I'd already known all about it. I, I, didn't, I felt like I was, I'd already watched it because all my friends like I've gone on holidays we've gone on Game of Thrones holidays and I'm like sorry what and have you you've gone on Game of Thrones holidays yeah like the girls brought me to Croatia like oh we're going on this lovely Croatian holiday I was like brilliant and then we got there and it was all Game of Thrones tours and I was like but I haven't I haven't seen this so I went on all the tours anyways and I sat in the chair and I did all the Instagram things that you're meant to do and I was like this is great I'd never seen it before at the time so now I probably should go back and do all those holidays again okay <laughs> Your friends are weird. <laughs> uh, and uh, tell us about Andrew Garfield and, uh, and Spider-Man. Now, yeah. this is kind of sort of spoilery, is it? Uh, yeah, unless you've spo- seen the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, spoiler, yeah. not spoiler. So basically, the um, Spider-Man No Way Home, obviously, they, the, all the Spider-Mans turned up in it and you're watching it and it's got Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire as well. So then when he was on the red carpet at the Oscars, um, they asked Andrew Garfield um, if he's going to be in the next Spider-Man. He said, no update for me. No one's going to believe anything I say ever again. That's my problem. Because before the other Spider-Man, they asked him and he, again, he said, no, that's not happening. And obviously he was. So spoiler, not spoiler. I think you're going to expect Andrew Garfield in the next Spider-Man. But he didn't know, I thought. It was some sort of thing where he wasn't sure. And then he found out, but he had to keep going with the lie then of saying he wasn't in it. Yeah, but sure, the actors, and I'm not sure now you can trust Anthony, they'd be saying, can you? No, I don't <laughs> trust them at all. Uh, anyway, right, that's our, our lot for today from uh, the Republic of Work in Cork. Thanks, of course, to Serena and Dean and Jean and Megan. And uh, thanks also, of course, to the Republic of Work uh, for uh, hosting us today. Uh, and our production team, Kerry Pender, Seifer O'Donovan, uh, Michael Quilligan, uh, Ashling Moore and Paul Bonas. And uh, particularly Maurice O'Sullivan, uh, who's producing today. It's our last day with us. <laughs> She's gone off. Uh, she's, uh, she's been given a promotion to uh, wrangle the wild man of broadcasting, uh, Anton Savage. Uh, he's not called that for nothing. Uh, right, so that's our, uh, that's our lot. Uh, Kieran is up next on News Talk. We're going to leave you now with Dylan Howe uh, singing a song you'll know covered by many people uh, like uh, Stevie Wonder. Here's Sonny. And action. Movies and booze on Moncrief. <laughs> <laughs>